Hey there, Collider Live fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and you are listening to Episode 3 of After Live, the unofficial after show for Collider Live. There's a lot that went down this week. Some big announcements happened, so uh, I, I don't want to really waste any time. I just want to kind of get into everything and talk about it all. So buckle up, because this is After Live. Alright everybody, how's it going? Uh, this week, you know, it was the they came they it was right after they came back from New York from doing uh, the live Schmodown uh, taping over in in uh, New York City. And so they they talked a lot about the event in this on Monday's show. Uh, you had John Roca in studio with uh, his fellow horseman Mark Riley. So uh, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the the Schmodown uh, live show, a little bit about the awards and everything. Um, if you listen to my other show, Talking Schmodown, I, I already you know went through the entirety of the Schmodown Awards. I thought it was a great show. Um, I loved that they did it at the Comedy Store. I thought it was a great atmosphere for it, and I hope that they that they continue to do it there. Um, it, it really just it the energy in the room was was fantastic, and I I just thought the setting felt more like an awards show. And so I really hope that they continue to do that. Um, and as far as the the live event, uh, you know, goes, that actually drops today on YouTube, so everybody out there can watch it. Um, I'll be diving into that uh, match on Monday's uh, episode of Talking Schmodown, so definitely check that out. Uh, but so without any spoilers, what I can say, I thought it was a great uh, a great event. Um, they had, there were a couple of great matches. You know the competitors were you know just they they were great. Um, everything was was working well. Um, I loved how you know just getting to, getting that live feel. Anytime they have a live event, uh, it's 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 fascinating to watch just because you know you, you can't really edit anything out, and especially with this one, it being a live stream, it's coming straight to you, even if it's a live show. You know when they you know eventually post it, it could be you know stuff could be edited, obviously. Um, but with the live stream, you get everything the way it is. Uh, for instance, I talk about a little bit about how there during one of the matches there was a challenge called, and I'm not going to get into it at all because, like I said, it's a you know I don't, I don't want to do any spoilers yet. But it's just interesting to see how that process is done like how they go through that process uh, you know and see them talking to one another about uh, about the decision that they're going to make. So I thought that was really fascinating. So I hope you guys all head over to the Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel and 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 watch the uh, live event. It's uh Chance Ellison versus Janine the Machine as the undercard and Dan Merle uh, versus the champ Ethan Irwin uh, for the belt. So Check that out. It's, they're both fantastic matches. 
and let me know what you guys think. And like I said, give give a listen over to uh, Talking Schmodown and uh, and let me know uh, what you guys think. Uh, they mentioned that Matt Eisman was actually supposed to present with Roxy at the awards, and I had honestly totally forgot about this. I remember when Christian uh, put out the list of presenters for the awards. I remember him being on there, but when I was doing uh, my episode of Talk Promoter, I honestly had totally forgotten that Matt Eisman was even supposed to be there. So when I was watching it, watching this episode, I was like, huh, I... That yeah, that totally slipped my mind. So uh, I think that would have been interesting uh, to see, um, you know, what he would have brought, what kind of energy he would have brought to uh, the award show. They also talked a bit about uh, Ellis's comedy show. Um, you know, they kind of went into a little bit about uh, how both Jen Sturger and Jay Washington were on uh, the card for the comedy show, and how they both ran the light. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, that means that they went over their allotted time frame. So, like, if a comic is given, you know, a, you know, has a five minute set, and they they run the light, they go over, you know, six, seven, eight minutes, sometimes more. You, know, you have a nine minute set, and you go fifteen minutes. That's running the light. Um, so apparently, that happened with everybody on Wednesday's show. Ellis actually comes on to live, and he talks a bit more about it. And apparently, like everybody. Throughout that he had, but everybody that he booked was running the light. So by the time it got to him, he had a much shorter set than he was originally anticipating. But you know, he's a professional. He he knows how to roll with it. And and like he says on there, everybody was crushing it that night. So it, it would have been a different story if people were just like bombing and and going over other time. But you know, people, everybody was crushing it. The crowd was feeling it. So no matter what, it was you know to him. He even says this. It was a great show. Uh, no matter what, uh, and, and that's something I really wish that I could get to. I, I'd love to see Ellis uh, at a, in, a, in a comedy setting. Um, I, I know he's come by, like, come, come near where I live a couple of times. I just the couple of times that he's been down here. Uh, I live in Syracuse, New York, out right near it, and I know that he's come out here before, uh, like to the Buffalo area or to the Syracuse area, but. I, I just, for some reason, the few times that I know of, I wasn't able to go. So one of these days when he makes it out here, I'm going to go. I'm going to make sure that I get the chance to go. Hopefully, you know, we'll see somebody like a Jay Washington with him. I think that'd be fun to get a couple couple of, uh, of uh, Schmodown guys out there, a couple of Collider collider guys out there. That'd be fun. Um, and any time that the, the live crew is talking about doing stand-up sometimes you know it's it's just christian talking about something like christian and mark are kind of talking about it but anytime they do that it, it's it's funny to me because yeah, roxy gets so serious and listens so intently because she's like legitimately interested in it and so it's just it's fun to to see her reaction when they're talking about it like talking about the rules of it she actually is like she's asking questions and they're not facetious she actually wants to know more about the craft of uh, of stand up and i think it would be cool to see her hop up on stage and try and do a set and see uh, see how it goes i mean roca did it you know and he's he's done it a few times so i I'd, I'd love to see roxy get up there and and, and try it out this week, uh, 
Christian's friend, uh, Samantha, his uh, friend and ex-Samantha, who they've talked about several times, finally called in. They've been talking about her uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, calling in. Uh, and she finally did. She mentions you know, they they kind of go on you know about they make this joke about how she's like an international spy, how uh, all this stuff she uh, couldn't make it to uh, the oh I think it was the awards show. Um, and, and apparently she had her son had a basketball game and then she fell asleep at home. And I gotta say, guys, this sounds a little fishy. It sounds like something an international spy would say. I'm just saying. She she can't prove she's not an international spy, so I I think that's what we're going with here. And during this episode started what I am going to call the goldfish tracker. This is where I'm going to keep note of every time Christian tries to do the the goldfish bit on a new person in studio. This week he tried three separate times. Uh, he tried it with Samantha. Which, to be honest, wasn't it really wasn't a very good attempt. Be mainly because she was on the phone and couldn't really couldn't hear uh, the clip, so it wasn't it didn't get her. It, you know, it wasn't really that funny. If she was in studio, it probably would have worked, um, but it really didn't. So that was, that was strike one. Uh, then he tried it uh, with Jay Washington. He came in at one point, uh, and or he called in. I mean, at one point, and he he even before. He, they played the clip. He knew what it was <laughs> because this is a thing that Christian does. He goes around and he tells everybody about it, and then he forgets. And we we discussed this last week. And the third one is uh, Collider owner Mark Fernandez. He, came, he stopped into the studio, and uh, <laughs> Christian went to do it, and he knew it as well. Um, <laughs> this is the thing, you know. Three strikes, Christian, and you're out. I think it might be time to. Uh, Kind of maybe hang it up, or at least stop doing it so often. Try to keep track of who, uh, of who you've done this bit with, because it's really funny when you actually get somebody uh, who hasn't heard it, you know, who doesn't, you know, know the bit yet. Um, but or or you can swerve everybody and do a completely new bit. Find even find a diff, find another one from it. But I I think it's got to be a little sparser. I think you need to. Try and try and keep track of who you're, of who knows this and everything. Um, only do it with uh, with people who it'll actually work on, or at least try. Because, like I said, this week you had three strikes. Uh, it would have, you would have gotten one if Samantha had actually been in studio, I think. But uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. So they went on to talk a little bit about. Uh, you know, you love life and things like that, and, and being you know with a significant other. And uh, I love hearing about Roka's life. Um, throughout various shows, I've learned quite a bit about him, and it, I gotta say, it's good to see him so happy and in such a good place in his life. Uh, you know, with his new lady and everything. Um, you know, you know, I know he's had some issues. He's talked about them on various shows. Uh, you know, with depression and things like that. And so it's really nice to see him happy in a good in, in a good place. Uh, he talked about how him and his and his lady Lily have been together for eight months now. Uh, they just moved in together and they've been talking about marriage. And you know, it's that sounds a lot like me and my wife. Uh, we were together for seven months before we moved in together, 
and uh, a month later, I proposed. Granted, we didn't get married for uh, like almost two years after that. You know, we wanted to. We didn't want to get married right away, but we knew we knew then that we wanted to be together. But we wanted the time to to live together and to then to you know really really plan our wedding and everything like that and not rush it uh, for anything. And we wanted you know specific dates. You know, a couple of specific dates. And we so like I said, we just didn't want to rush anything. So I I I don't have a problem. Like they talk about how you know it's not smart to to rush into things. You know these people who you know they've known each other for a month and they and they're married already. You know and, and most of the time that fails. I know people in my life who who did that who were married after a month or two and and it did not last. You know and they got divorced and everything. So like I get it. Um, but I think, I think Roka, I think he's got a, a hand, handle on it. Um, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's just gonna come, just rush into things like that. Um, I, I have a feeling he'll be a lot more like me and my wife and, and, you know, he may propose early on. He may propose by, you know, within a year of, of them being together, but that doesn't mean that they're going to get married right away. I know that he's talked about wanting to be married by the end of the year. You know, that may or may not happen. And, you know... If, We'll kind of see. Um, I know moving in together is a big step, and it's something that you really want to be aware of when uh, you, before you get married to somebody. For instance, uh, before me and my wife got together, I was with uh, a girl for four and a half years. You know, that's a long time. Four and a half years we were together, um, and we moved in together finally, and two months later, the relationship was over. So, you know, moving in together, it really kind of puts everything out on the table. And so you you know, you begin to really know who these people are that you've been with, even if you've been with them for a very long time. Um, moving in with them, it, it shows a different side and, you know, it doesn't always work. So to anybody out there, I, I tell you, live with the person first. It's I, that's, To me, that's key. You You have to know that you can live in the same space with this person if you plan to live, be with them for the rest of your life. I I think that is is the biggest thing that people that people jump in who are jumping into it so early, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that they make is that they don't that they don't live together first for a little, for a while to see because sometimes it it just doesn't work and I know that from experience. Um and and Samantha even said that sometimes sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and like i said yeah that is so true you know you, not every relationship is the same not every relationship is gonna work no matter what you could be together you could be together for 15 years and it just ends you know stuff does happen um but you know that's why you you just gotta you gotta plan ahead a little bit you gotta be a little bit more careful about about things and not just jump into it you know uh, and on a similar note, they were talking about like okay, you, you know, you live with somebody for a while, and they started they they got onto this this uh, this, this kind of almost like a rant about how going to the bathroom in front of your significant other, you know, some of them think it's weird, some of them don't. I, I found it pretty interesting. Um, I find it interesting in general to hear when people say that they can't go to the bathroom in front of their significant others. Like if you're married, especially if you're married, 
and, and you know, and you have kids and all this stuff. It's like, and you still can't take a leak in front in front of your wife or vice versa. It's like, me and my wife do not have that problem. You know, Roxy talked about how uh, she leaves the door open like everywhere, pretty much when she goes to the bathroom. We do that in our house, and it's like. It's no, it's no big thing. Now, if we have guests over, we don't do that. But it's like when it's just us, yeah, we're married. We've seen everything. We've been through everything with each other. So it's not like it, it, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. It seems like there's a bit of almost like a a, a bit of a disconnect uh, when it comes to I don't know the intimacy. I guess that you could say because you're too afraid to be completely yourself and open with somebody that you have to you you, oh you can't see me pee you can't be in the bathroom when i'm in the bathroom it's like you guys got to get over that like i understand if you have like a condition where you don't like nobody can see you pee or you know nobody can be in there you know and that happens some people have those like type of anxiety type issues i get that but most of this it doesn't sound like that so I'd like to hear what your guys' thoughts are on it. Um, you know, just in general on on relationships in general, uh, on on moving in before marriage, on the whole uh, peeing in front of your spouse uh, situation. Hop down in the comments and let me know your thoughts. Like I said, Jay Washington uh, did call in during this episode, uh, and it was funny because they were busting his balls about how he was running the light during the comedy set. It was really funny. They had some great banter back and forth. I love Jay Washington. He's a, he's a great dude. He's he's funny. I'd love to see him uh, do some comedy as well. So, uh, yeah, I, it was really fun to hear him call in. Uh, I, I always love seeing him pop up on these types of shows. And they went to break. And when they came back, apparently Roxy had smashed herself into a wall. It was on accident, obviously, but she had apparently it just like rammed right into the wall, and she was like hurt in the rest of the the episode. Uh, they were talking about after that they they were talking about running into things and hurting yourself for a little bit, and uh, you know I I I know exactly how that kind of thing it feels. I can be clumsy sometimes. I I ran myself into a wall here or there. You just trip and just you just br- just brace yourself and you land into a wall. But the thing that happens to me the most is, for some reason, my feet are like magnets for things because I will smash my toes on everything, on the bed frame. Uh, we have like this, uh, like um, it's like almost like a like a ottoman chest kind of thing at the foot of our bed, and I s- smashed my toe into it so hard the other day. That it it's and this was probably four or five days ago, and it is still just black and blue, completely black and blue, and bruised up. It doesn't feel like it's broken, but it, who knows? It could have been fractured or something. But I mean, it's a pinky toe. What are you gonna do about it, really? And tape it up a little bit, and that's about it. Uh, I've uh, you know I was standing in a doorway one time, and uh, my cat was doing something, and I kicked back. And smashed my uh, my big toe on something, and there's still like a like a blood bruise inside the nail. It's like it's gr- slowly growing its way out. It's in the center of my nail right now. It was at the cute started off at the cuticle, and it slowly worked its way um, into the middle of my toenail. So, it yeah, my like I said, my toes are just. I probably stub my toe at least once a week on something in my house. Uh, there's just like magnets for for things to hit. 
Uh, it's, it's so so I totally understand uh, you know the clumsiness and the smashing into things that they were talking about. And Christian uh, was talking a little bit about the whole win a goldfish here thing, how uh, he thinks it should be taken. Uh, he wants people to take it global. Uh, he says this a couple of times during the week. Uh, I think he also said it in on Wednesday's show because uh, there was an announcement, which I'll talk about a little bit later. And I, it got me thinking. Uh, we got really got we got to get a, a hashtag trending. We got to get hashtag win a goldfish here. Let's get it trending. Uh, on Monday, I started using it on a couple of posts, and then um, just the I think it was yesterday I noticed that uh, Bob Finstock himself was using it uh, on posts. So that's cool. So we we should get that hashtag rolling. Hashtag win a goldfish here, and let's just make it trend worldwide. I think it would be fantastic to open up Twitter and just see hashtag win a goldfish here trending. Then on uh, day two, on Tuesday's episode, which was episode 63, uh, this was the funniest episode to me uh, that I've seen in, in a while. Uh, I laughed so much during this episode. I don't know specifically why. There was a couple of things, but just the energy, just it, it was, it was. I don't know, it was off the charts for this, this episode. Um, and this episode actually is where our new life lesson for the week comes into play. So, life lessons with Christian Harloff for this week. If you bruise your balls, put a cold steak on them. Which, that made me laugh so hard. Because, we, you know, you've heard the you know the whole adage about taking a, like a cold steak and putting it on your eye. If you get like a black eye or something like that, it's supposed to help with the bruising and, and all that. I'd never heard anybody say uh, to slap a cold steak on your balls if they're bruised. But you know what? It makes sense, right? You know, if you got, uh, you know, an angry ex comes up and just uh, hauls off and kicks you right, right between the legs, just pop on over to your uh, local grocery store, to your local butcher, pick yourself up a, a ribeye or maybe a London broil and slap it on your beanbag and call it a day. You know, that's a great life lesson. Thank you, Christian Harloff. And that has been this week's Life Lessons with Christian Harloff. Christian went on to talk about uh, how uh, Josh McCuga can apparently uh, drink until like 4 a.m. and still get up for like a 5.15 flight. And I was like, man, I this sparked a great idea for a game that they should do on the, on the show. And I think it would be hilarious. They can call it Mild versus Wild. And what it would be, it would be Josh McCuga just doing some mundane, mund, mundane activities like... Maybe doing the laundry, uh, making a sandwich, you know, maybe, I don't know, doing just some random stuff like that while he's sober, and then, again, while he's drunk, and kind of like see the difference and kind of put them side by side. I think that would be a hilarious uh, segment to do, and... uh I have a feeling he would be up for it. Mild versus wild. Let me know what you guys think. Hashtag mild versus wild. Is that something you'd like to see? Uh, tag Christian and McCougan in it and see if uh, it's something they'd be interested in. 
Christian went on to uh, reveal that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme would actually be coming into Collider Live. Uh, and on um, Wednesday's show, he actually revealed that, it, that he would be coming in on Tuesday's uh, show of this upcoming week. And I got to say, Makuga's reaction was the best. And this is one of the things that added to why this episode is the probably the funniest that I've seen in a while. It's, it just Things just kept happening. And this was one of them. After Christian announced this, Josh quietly took off his headphones... Got up from the desk, opens the door, and just yells out, Van Damme's coming to live! It was the funniest thing that I have ever seen on this show. It was out of nowhere, just the reaction on his face as soon as Christian said it. I don't don't know, it was... (laughs) You gotta see it. If you haven't watched the episode, go in there and watch the dang episode. If you're one of those people who skips through with the time codes just to see certain things, go back in and find that spot and watch it. It is hilarious, his reaction to uh, this announcement. So, yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty excited to see Van Damme come in. And uh, I'm excited to see how Makuga reacts during the interview. Because he's going to be there in the room uh, with with Christian and whoever else is going to be there. So that'll be cool for next Tuesday's show. Uh, this episode, we also learn the origin of Bobby Finstock, which I never knew. I don't know if it was something that they, I don't remember if they said if it was something that had been out there before. Um, but it was something I, I had no idea where where the whole name, the whole kind of like gimmick came from. Apparently, Bobby Finstock is the name of the coach from the movie Teen Wolf. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, and I'll be honest, had no idea what the coach's name was. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. It actually uh, made me go back and rewatch the movie. So hey, there you go. You did something something good for that at least. Um, apparently, then. Uh, he went and went out and just like randomly bought the beard mask back in 2006. And then 2012 rolls around. This is six years later. And Christian has him come on to the Schmoes live show with the mask that he still has. And then it all just goes downhill from there. And Bobby Finstock is born. And, and he, you know, we get the Finstock that we all know and sometimes love, sometimes hate. Uh, but no matter what, is very entertaining. So I thought that was actually pretty fascinating to hear. Um, I, you know, he he's done some crazy stuff, and this whole Little Bobby and the Juice thing, which I'll talk about a little bit later as well, uh, it, it's just another, another, it, 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 it's just, it proves once again just how interesting of a person uh, Tom Dagnino, Bobby Finstock, Bobby Gucci, whatever you want to call him, It proves just how interesting of a person he really is. Then, if you watch this episode, particularly on YouTube, uh, you know just by looking at the the thumbnail for it that cat videos are going to be involved here. This is a big big part of of the episode. And I got to say, when they started playing these cat videos, I almost fell off my couch laughing. There are some hilarious videos that they were showing. Um, well, I love personally 
the cats being jerks videos, those to me are the funniest because I have a cat. So I understand cats being jerks. Uh, and, and they do some hilarious stuff uh, when they're being assholes. I had wished that they had mentioned cats being jerk videos, but they didn't actually play any of those. I think that would have that made me die, I tell you. But the most interesting thing about the whole segment was that apparently Roxy has like no reaction to these types of videos. Nothing. She doesn't find them really. She doesn't find them cute. She doesn't find them funny. Nothing. It's like, I, I'll be honest, I think Ro, uh, Roxy might just be a robot. A little robo-Roxy going on here. And uh, it's like, come on, where, where's your heart? Where's your soul, Roxy? These are cute kittens doing funny things. I mean, I mean, wh- what else is it? Like, what's going to make you laugh? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it was really weird to me. But, you know, to each their own, I suppose. Then the guys in the back, they kept doing this thing throughout. They were zooming in on uh, this freaking iceberg of a chunk of ice in Christian's uh, cup of, of uh, LaCroix, which, blah, LaCroix. No, thank you. I have tried LaCroix. It's like just drinking carbonated water with, like, a drop of flavor. Blah. No, thank you. You guys out there in California, you can keep it. I- I'll pass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really funny. They just kept zooming in on this iceberg of a freaking, uh, uh, of a chunk of ice. And just like, like they say, it's just, like, it just was not melting. I don't know what was going on with it. It was like some freaking supernatural ice. Then they went to break. And when we come back, we discover that it's apparently Makuga's birthday. Makuga's birthday was apparently on Tuesday. So happy belated birthday, Josh Makuga. I hope you had a great time. I hope you uh, celebrated it. To the fullest extent, and that the wild man was able to soar free that night. Uh, the crew eventually ended up coming. We had uh, Wendy, Roca, and Dorian came in singing Happy Birthday to Makuga with a, a jar of peanut butter with some candles on it, and the label changed from Jif to Josh, which I thought was really cute. I thought that was funny. I thought he was allergic to peanuts, but apparently he's allergic to uh, nuts, you know, like uh, like actual nuts, like almonds and things like that. Um, but since peanuts aren't actually nuts, they're legumes, apparently he's not allergic to those, which I thought was interesting. I'd never really heard of that, so I thought that was fascinating. Um, Christian uh, ends up bringing in Ryan Satin to discuss Ronda Rousey and uh, why the crowd is hating her in the WWE right now. Um, I, I th- It's very similar to what what happened with Roman Reigns. For those of you who listen to, who watch wrestling, who know anything about wrestling, Roman Reigns, uh, you know, he he started being pushed to be the fi- the new face of the company because John Cena is he's he's getting older, he's not working as quite as much, and so they're 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 looking to bring in a new face uh, for the company. Um, and so they, they were really trying to uh, push Roman Reigns in that direction. And the crowd was just not having any of it. You know, no matter how much he tried, they were booing him left and right. It did not matter what he did. Eventually, they just turned him heel again and, they, you know, it was off. But it seems like they're doing now the same thing with Ronda Rousey, um, which is really interesting to me because, okay, you have, she came in from UFC 
and you know is doing doing this thing and it makes me feel it's like okay i understand you know brock lesnar started in the WWE, but then he left for a very long time and he did the ufc thing he did that and then he came back and everybody cheered him everybody loved brock lesnar even when he's the champ and he's never there which pisses me off he is almost never there you go two three months without a fucking title defense and yet Ronda Rousey, who doesn't have a title and is busting her ass every single week for the crowd, and they're out here booing her, this is bullshit, guys. You guys need to get off your fucking horses and fucking get back down to level because what you're doing is just childish. So to all you fans out there who are out there busting fucking Ronda Rousey's balls, fuck off because... You could never fucking make it in the ring with her, so why don't you just go piss off? Sorry, but shit like that just really makes me angry. Uh, you know, when people, when when people for no good reason hate someone like that, and 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 it it affects her career. It's not like oh ha ha ha, I'm just gonna boo this person, blah blah blah. No, this is affecting her career. It's making her not want to be there anymore, and that's bullshit. But anyways. Uh, Christian and Ryan, they, they talk a little bit about, um, the new, uh, uh, federation that's coming called All Elite Wrestling, AEW, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually really intrigued to see what they'll bring to the table, what AEW, uh, has to offer, um, you know, they talked about the possibility of them being, uh, a, a, a source of competition for the WWE, and a lot of places have tried, you know, you've had things like uh, Ring of Honor and TNA, Impact Wrestling, but uh, nothing's really stuck, nothing's really gotten to that level, but it sounds like AEW is really bringing in some uh, heavy hitters, so I- I'm really intrigued, I mean, because you got like people like Cody Rhodes back, you know, behind this thing, and I, I think that, you know, if they get some he- some more heavy hitters, there's talks of Dean Ambrose going there. Uh, there's talks possibly of AJ Styles going over there. And just think about what if they got someone like a CM Punk. The crowd loves CM Punk, but the WWE doesn't want anything to do with them anymore. So what if this AEW snatches up CM Punk, gets him back in the ring? I think they could be a force to reckon with. Uh, as long as they 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 do it right, they don't they don't screw the pooch and blow the load too fast. So uh, I, I definitely am interested to see what happens with them and where things go. And I'll be keeping my eye on all elite wrestling. Uh, they went on to talk about the plans for Star Wars Celebration. Touched a bit on uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con, how they're you know planning on attending that. Um, they've got stuff going for all the, f- I think it's five days of uh, Star Wars Celebration. But I'll be honest with you, I'm really hoping that they go, that they decide to go to New York Comic Con this year, especially now that they had a successful uh, live show in New York. New York Comic Con would be fantastic. I went to New York Comic Con last year and would have loved the opportunity to check out a live Schmodown or, you know, see Ellis at a comedy club or, you know, check out a, a live Jedi Council or something like that. That would have been awesome. That would have been something I would have done. And if I get the chance to go back this year, 
I really hope that they are there. And I'll be honest, if they are, if they end up planning on going, that's something I will definitely uh, try to do is get back to New York Comic Con uh, this year in 2019. Then uh, they went on to play the Douchebag Anthem, which was uh, a music video that Josh McCougan and a bunch of his friends made a, quite a long time ago. Um, I, I'd seen it before. I'd heard it before. It's pretty funny. Um, but what interested me the most is that Roxy had mentioned that they were talking about doing a female version called Basic Bitches, and I think this would be amazing. Um, I, especially, you know, it, you, you know, it, it'll be revamped up for for today. You'll have uh, better equipment to do, better resources to make the video. I really think they could. This could be something special. You know, make this fun video and slap it over on uh, like Collider Quick or just like on the, maybe on the Schmoes channel or something. I think that would be a fantastic uh, thing to see. Then Wednesday show it was uh, episode sixty four. Uh, Mark Ellis was it was in studio. He was actually in uh, the secondary main seat in Roxy's uh, seat, and Roxy was in the back with Makuga. Which was uh, interesting to see. It's not. It's not something you normally get to see. Unfortunately, no Brett again, so he he didn't show up at all this week, which is sad to me. I Brett's one of my favorites, so it, it bummed me out that he wasn't on any of the shows this week. Uh, they talked a bit about the um, uh, beer incident, as as I guess uh, I'm going to call it. Apparently. Uh, I think it was after the comedy show or after the awards. I think it might have been after the awards. Um, or maybe it was after the live show. I'm not honestly 100% sure. Mark Ellis, somebody had bought Mark Ellis a beer and he left it on the table and didn't drink any of it. And so like it ended up on, uh, like I think, Instagram or Twitter. It ended up on social media, the picture. I saw the picture. I didn't really know what the context was or anything like that. Apparently it kind of it blew up out there, and so you know he came out and kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, apparently, the you know he, somebody got him the beer and the and it was warm, and he's like, "I'm not drinking warm beer," so he left it there, which is understandable because warm beer is the worst. I'm not a big fan of beer in the first place. Uh, if I'm given the choice, I'm not gonna drink a beer probably. If I'm already, you know, drunk, I'll I'll probably if someone if someone gives me beer, I'll I'll drink it. But warm beer, nah, not not going there. So I I hundred percent am behind Mark Ellis's decision to not drink that beer because you, it needs to be cold. You, you can't be drinking warm beer. Apparently, uh, they're talking about how um, in New York City they don't really care. Like that's not a priority. Is you know keeping it cold, keeping the the uh, beer cold and everything. So I, I I don't know. I didn't drink any beer when I was down there, so um, I have no idea if that's the, actually the case or not. If that is the case, guys, you, you gotta you gotta fix that. You, warm beer, you can't be having that, especially in a city like like New York City. E- even when it's cold out, it's kind of warm. There's all the, the the grates that are pumping out. You know, warm air from from underneath. There's it's, it's packed full of people, so no matter what, especially if you're inside a building with all these people, it's gonna get warm. So you want a nice, cool, refreshing beer. You guys got to get on top of that. And yes, I mean the entire city of New York needs to get on top of that. 
Uh, then they were talking about apparently Christian. Uh, he, he found a hair tie, and so he kind of went on this 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 kind of like rant about uh, hair ties. He calls it this hair thing, which was really funny because because uh, then Makuka points out, you know, for those you know who are just listening, you know, he's talking about a hair tie because when you say hair thing, it could literally be anything. And then Roxy starts talking about how. Um, you know, the hair ties are essential to people with long hair. And for me, I am someone who has long hair. I totally agree. They are essential to uh, people with long hair. You know, you're out doing something and your hair is just all up in your face and you need to get it back. You just grab your hair tie, flop, flop, boom, it's done. You just pop it back there, couple of, couple of rounds, and, and, and it's up and out of your face. It doesn't even have to be neat. It's just boom and it's out of your face. Um, and that's, you know, for, for women, they tend to do a bit more than what I would do. I just throw mine up in a pony and just go. Um, but you know, they do all kinds of other stuff. Like my wife who has long hair, she does all kinds. She braids it and puts them, she has like a whole carabiner clip just filled with, with hair ties. So she's got tons of them all over the place. I have two in the house and I keep a pack in my locker at work in case I forget it from home. I just re- keep reusing the same ones, and I don't lose them. So I, I have a bunch. All right, I, I, she has a bunch, and I have uh, just a couple. I have two that I have at the house. So yeah, I hundred percent agree with uh, what she's talking about. I I I've never used a hair tie to like tie off a bag of bread or or, or anything like that. But I I know people who have, so I understand that usage as well. And one thing I wanted to bring up with with Roxy sitting in the back, I noticed something that never really occurred to me before. Normally, the people who are sitting in the back, they don't really talk all that much. You know, especially when it's like Brett, he's talked about how he doesn't necessarily. It feels somewhat difficult to be able to chime in uh, when he's not in one of the main seats. But I noticed that Roxy had zero problem chiming in uh, from the back seats. So I think that maybe they should occasionally swap Brett and Roxy, put Brett in, in the, the secondary main seat across from Christian and have Roxy in the back with whoever else because that way I, I think it will allow Brett to be more comfortable talking and, 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 and you know giving his thoughts and everything. And since Roxy doesn't seem to have a problem just chiming in whenever she she you know feels the need to, you could have a really good three way conversation. I think, um, and, and I don't know. I think that's something that they should try. You know, try putting Brett in the, in the main seat and Roxy in the back, and just have that three way conversation. Because I think everybody would be comfortable. I'm not saying it has to be. I'm not saying like Roxy has to be shoved to the back all the time now. But I'd like to see that tried. Like maybe you know even once a week. Just give it a shot, especially you'll hear some some big stuff going on later. Um, Actually, you know what? I might as well get into it since I am on the third day. There were some big announcements that were uh, put out for this this episode. The first one I'm going to talk about has to do with Lil Bobby and the Juice. Uh, Throughout the week, uh, Finstock had put out a thing where if if his YouTube channel for Lil Bobby and the Juice... Uh, reached 1,500 subscribers that he would uh, put out some more stuff from uh, his, the show that he's doing. And just within a couple of days, 
uh, the crowd managed to get a, get this YouTube channel up over 1,500 subscribers. I think it's probably over 2,000 by now. It's, it's, it's just going. Christian's been hyping this thing up and getting it up there. And it finally happened. So um, there is an extended trailer out there right now, which you guys can go and check out, which is really good. Uh, and he's going to he, – they were originally going to drop the pilot episode in March. But because of this groundswell of support – they have pushed the release up and are now going to drop the first episode on Valentine's Day. So that's exciting. You got a couple of weeks, less than two weeks, and we'll we'll officially get to see the first episode of Little Bobby and the Juice. I'm super excited. I'll be talking about it uh, when uh, you know on that episode of uh, After Live. I'll definitely be talking about the first episode of Little Bobby and the Juice. The other big announcement, which is a monumental announcement that they made, is that starting on Monday, Collider Live is going five days a week. That's right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Collider Live. So on Monday through Thursday, it'll be the normal two-hour show like like it is right now. It's just an extra day of two hours. And then on Friday, uh, it'll be a a one-hour show. Kind of, uh, they're talking about it could be various things. It could be, you know, their own version of uh, of an after show. It could be, uh, you know, who who knows? It's just some sort of extra little thing. Um, You know, it gives them an opportunity to bring in more guests. Apparently, there's been a, a, a swell of people. This was one of the things that Mark Fernandez came in to talk about. Came in and kind of talked about why... Uh, uh, they're bringing Collider live five days. There's been a lot of people asking for it. Apparently, you know, every time you know Thursday hits or Wednesday hits, they're like dreading Thursday, and when Friday is, they they want more Collider live. I always thought that they should have done it like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, spread it out. But um, so I, but I understand. I love Collider live. The pro- thing is, it's gonna make my job here way more difficult because I'm gonna have way more an extra three hours to watch. Less time to prep because usually, like, I take all my notes. Sometimes, if I'm you know behind, I'll catch up on Thursday, uh, and, and then you know I get all my notes together, you know, and then I, I do my thing on Fridays. I I record on Fridays and I usually post it the same day. Um, so it, it's a possibility that the that the show may get moved to the weekend um, because I'll have to still watch the Friday show before I can record. Um, so as long as I can watch that Friday show, it's only an hour, luckily. So, you know, if I can watch that, so if I can get my notes already from the, the first four days, watch that Friday show, kind of plug in any, any quick notes that I have, and then pump out my episode, m- maybe. But it, it's possible that uh, it, it might not go up until Saturday. So we'll kind of see how it goes uh, next week and in the next couple of weeks. Um, kind of see how how it works, how how it all works out. It's going to be interesting to see, but I am excited for Collider Live. I'm excited for Collider that you know things are growing. That's always good. Um, I love Collider Live, so I'm actually glad in general to see that they are expanding. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, then they went to break, and normally I don't I don't talk about the break. I think only during the the first episode that I really talk about the break, and that was. I was talking about some of the um, their commercials or whatever you want to call them, 
uh, that need to be updated, particularly the uh, one for movie review talk. It still needs to be updated because Scott still says that uh, he, he brings in a new guest and it's never the same twice, which is not true anymore. It was at the beginning, but it's not true anymore. But, um, yeah, so normally I don't talk about the, the actual break. I just kind of say, oh, they went to break and then they came back from break and did this or that. But during the break, the guys in the booth were pumping out some sound bits. And they do this occasionally where they'll, they'll interject some sound bits over the ads here and there. And I got to say, Josh McCuga has some of the best sound bits most of which are really just him screaming during uh, like the VR things or, or and stuff like that. Sometimes they get him, like they record him during uh, horror movies that they have him watch. But they played like three or four distinctly different sound clips of just Josh yelping or screaming, and I gotta say it is hilarious. I love it. I love his uh, his sound bites. They're some of the best. Uh, he's Josh McCuga has the eight and nine. 8th, 9th uh, sound bits. He's got some of the best ones, so I, I absolutely uh, love that. Then they talked a bit about uh, the the new fo- uh, fake news segment that they've been doing. The first one they did was uh, you know the real reason Aquaman made a billion dollars, which was really funny. I I thought it was I loved it. Um, they pumped. They put out a new one. Uh, Captain Marvel is actually a Top Gun sequel. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I, I I'm going to because I really really enjoyed the first one. And then they were talking about uh, their old comedy one that they tried to get off the ground, which was Captain Learning. Now I love uh, Makuga's fake news segment, like I said, but I really couldn't get into Captain Learning like a lot of people. I tried. I watched all the episodes that they, that they put out, but I just. I couldn't. I really couldn't get into it. Maybe it's just not my humor. I don't know. Maybe it's just I wasn't expecting them to do comical content at the time, so it threw me off, and I didn't know what was going on. It was it was a bit off putting. It got so it got me kind of thinking about maybe going back and rewatching the Captain Learning videos. I haven't done it yet, but. I've been thinking about going back and rewatching those videos to see if maybe they hit me in a different way. Um, you know, now that they are doing different stuff on the channel, you know, they they're doing some different comedic stuff, especially over on, on Collider Quick. You know, like like I said, with this fake news segment, it's really funny, and you know, they they do some funny stuff on Collider Live. And, uh, you know, this whole thing with little Bobby and the juice. I mean, obviously that's not going to be on Collider, but. So I think it's time to go back and give Captain Learning a second watch. Uh, For those of you who watched it, you know, the first time and really didn't care for it. I implore you to do the same. Give it, you know, if you like, you know, like, like, for instance, if you like Collider Live and you like little Bobby and the juice, like the stuff that they're doing with that and you like the fake news stuff that they've been doing. If that's stuff that's appealing to you, do what I'm doing and go back and give it a watch. See if it see see if it does anything for you a second time around. And then hop down in the comments and let me know. I want to know if it, it turned anybody around. If uh, the, this new way that Collider's doing things, if it has maybe altered your perception on Captain Learning. 
I'm kind of hoping it does. I don't know. Um, you know, because I'd love to see some more comedic content from the guys. And if this Captain Learning thing really hits me, you know, hey, maybe it is something that they could bring back. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'll give it a watch, and I'll I'll definitely um, talk about it on next week's episode a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, let me know if you guys have gone back and rewatched it, and uh, if not, if you are going to plan to. Yeah. Then uh, Roxy and Christian uh, had, a, had a bit of an argument about what makes an authentic version of Batman. And Christian just kept referencing the original version of Batman, you know, how you know he was more of a detective and all that stuff. And I understand that. I understand that, you know, people think of the detective Batman as the more authentic version of Batman. But what it doesn't seem like he 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 realizes is that the original version of Batman really isn't authentic anymore. Because that version of Batman used to kill people with guns, man. He he would use a gun, and that is something that people people will not have nowadays. When Ben Affleck's Batman was off in dudes in uh, BVS, people were throwing fits about that. So I, I mean, and he was using like the Batmobile and stuff like that, and like just punching dudes real hard, probably killing them. You could see in that warehouse scene, some dudes are probably dead in there, but um. Yeah, it's just like, that is no longer the quote-unquote authentic version of Batman. And like Roxy said, Roxy, you know, she's host of of, uh, DC Movie News. She knows a lot about DC. Uh, I, myself, run DC. I'm the editor-in-chief over at DC Comics News. I know quite a bit about DC myself. There are so many versions of Batman out there. That not there, there isn't just one singular, most authentic version of Batman. Now, in your own mind, there might be, or you know, it might be your preferred version of Batman. But I, I, I agree. There's not really just one defined, authentic, most authentic version that that is Batman. No, because there are so many, and you can do so much with this character that it would be a disservice to just lock him into this one this one archetype and just, you know, this one personality. Um, now, I do agree that the whole um, thing about him being a detective, it does need to be explored more. It's mainly it's because, yeah, that is a big part of who he is in the comics, and it's just never really been um, uh, delved into in the films. A little bit here and there, but not a whole lot. Not I, I like that Matt Reeves... He he's described it as a more noir detective story based uh, Batman for his upcoming film for the Batman, which actually uh, got a release date for I believe it was June twenty fifth of twenty twenty one for the the Batman, which is that, that I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, they also announced a couple other uh, films that they're doing in twenty twenty one. They're doing an animated film called DC Super Pets. In uh, May, I can't remember the exact date, but I know it's in May of 2021. And then uh, The Suicide Squad, which is a, apparently a sequel to Suicide Squad. I'm not a big fan of the name. I, was, I wish it had just either been Suicide Squad 2 or Suicide Squad colon and then some sub, some subtitle. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of The Suicide Squad. Because you have Suicide Squad and then The Suicide Squad. Not the biggest fan of that. But uh, that one will be coming out August uh, 6th of 2021. So it's like, 
inside of like two months, two, three months, you're getting the you know, these movies. You're getting the Batman and the Suicide Squad inside of like six weeks of one another. So that'll be kind of intense. Um and, and who knows what else I'm sure that they'll pump out uh, at least one other DC film during that year because it seems odd to keep them so close, like boom, boom, have nothing in the, in the front half of the year and nothing in the back, you know, just right in that center spot, in that six-week center spot of the summer um, is where they're pumping these things out at the moment. So we'll see what they decide to do for 2021. Uh, then they had uh, Benedict Wong come into the studio. You may know him from Doctor Strange, and uh, he's in the new sci-fi series Deadly Class, which I have not had the pleasure of watching. The trailers look great. Um, I haven't read the graphic novels either, so I don't really know much about the show or about the storyline, but it looks good looks good and I, I like Benedict Wong so I will I, I it's on my list of shows to check out that you know I watch a lot of shows and I'm behind on a lot of shows so this is one of the ones that's on my list and I will definitely at some point check out uh, Roca came in for this interview and they just talked you know a lot about his career about his time with uh, you know Doctor Strange and, and, and on Deadly Class and all the stuff and it was really cool he's a very soft-spoken individual and you know he's British as well. I actually didn't know that he was uh, British, so that was that was a, a, a cool surprise. Uh, it's kind of interesting because in Doctor Strange you've got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, you've got Benedict Wong, and you've got um, uh, uh, Ch- uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and they're all British. You know, so it's really cool. Like that main core cast uh, of characters in that film. Are, are British, so that's that, I thought that was kind of neat to find out. Uh, and the, really the last thing, that was pretty much it for uh, the, the shows. I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, all the movie news that they dropped throughout the week. I just kind of wanted to put it all in one uh, section instead of going through each episode's news and just, you know, just stick all the movie news down at the bottom. Um, I already talked about a little bit about uh, Matt Reeves' Batman um, how it's going to be a, a noir, but uh, it's all Matt Reeves also revealed that it's going to have a large rogues gallery. Originally, it was thought that uh, Penguin was going to be the main villain, and it seems that it's going to be just it's going to be more than just the Penguin. There's going to be other rogues. Of uh, there's going to be a bigger rogues gallery uh, for Batman. I'm hoping that we get to see some some villains that uh, we don't really know. I haven't really seen much of um, maybe something like uh, a Professor Pig, who they did a fantastic job of uh, portraying on Gotham. I think that could be interesting. You have like this serial killer kind of thing going on, and maybe Batman's gotta you know do some stuff and figure it out and and, and use his to, his detective skills to to find find this this guy. Um, maybe uh, Pig is working for Penguin. Who knows? They could it could be all kinds of stuff, and I'm really excited to see what they do uh, with it. He's you know Matt Reeves is going younger, so Affleck is, is out for this uh, version. Now that's not to say that they'll that they're not going to at some point do another film that includes the Ben Affleck Batman. They never said that. Never once did they come out and say that. And Affleck never once said that he was com- that he was never going to be Batman again. He he said, you know, congrats to Matt Reeves and he's looking forward to uh, the Batman. 
Uh, but he never said that he was done being Batman because these are different. I don't think that I really don't think that this is a situation where it's um, in the past. I I really don't. It's possible. It's possible that it's like a prequel to uh, Affleck's Batman, but I think it's more. I th- I honestly think it's going to be more like the uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Todd Phillips Joker movie, where it's just a completely different universe. You know, it's not the same character that we've seen before. You know, this Joker is not the same as the Jared Leto Joker. You know, they are two different characters, um, different world, different universes. You know, the DC has a big multiverse. They do this kind of stuff in the comics all the time. So I think it, it I think it can work in, in film, doing different versions like that. And I think that's what they're doing with this Batman. Um, so I'm excited to see, and I really hope we do get to at least see one more uh, film with with Affleck as Batman because I he was my favorite part. He's he's my favorite Batman to be honest with you. Uh, I thought he did a great job at both the role of Batman and Bruce Wayne, and he brought it, it, he he got the closest I think to the detective portion of it, even though they didn't in general dive into it very much. I think he came the closest, and he was like the perfect embodiment of Batman, the physicality and everything, the look. He it, it was perfect for me personally. Um they they talked about uh, a new monster universe being revamped starting with uh, Lee Wanell's Invisible Man, which I'm excited about. I didn't I never watched the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. Um that's one of those things where it looked kind of kind of neat, but I wasn't like super pumped to see it in the first place. And then it got such bad reviews that I was like, eh, I, I, I'm not in any in any hurry. If it's on TV or something and I got some spare time or, or whatever, maybe one day I'll check it out. But yeah, I never bothered to. Um, but Lee Winnell, I, I love. He, I think he's great. Um, upgrade was cool. Um, I liked him in the, I think it was uh, what, the Insidious movies he was in with uh, like with Lin Shay. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I, I'm excited. He he works closely with uh, uh, James Wan quite a bit, so maybe we'll get James Wan on one of these monster movies. I think that would be cool uh, to, to see to see his take on something like a like maybe like a uh, I don't know like a Wolfman or uh, or maybe a creature from the Black Lagoon or even like a Dracula. Just do something. I don't know. I'm excited to see where they go with it. They uh, also talked about the Birds of Prey teaser, which it really it was it was less of a teaser trailer and more of a production announcement uh, f- for the film. Um, and to be honest, I thought it was really cool. It had a great aesthetic. I love the costumes. You get to see all the characters. You get uh, Harley. You get to see um, Black Canary. Renee Montoya, um, you, you get all you get all of them in there. Uh, Huntress, um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, uh, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask without the mask. It's, he's a uh, uh, Roman Sionis. So it's it's I'm really interested to see where they go with this. Oh, you also get um, Chris, uh, Christmas Cena's uh, Victor Zaz. You get to see him in there. You, like I said, you get a little bit of everybody. It's it, and it was pretty much like a camera test. Uh, for the costuming and and a, and a production announcement because at the very end it says um, 
we'll see something like we'll see you soon or something something like that um and i i really dug it personally i thought it was great i thought uh, i i think this will be a nice way to transition the character of harley quinn into her own stuff because i know that james wan or not james wan that james gunn has talked about um kind of revamping suicide squad for the sequel and 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 he's alluded to essentially bringing in a new squad which is fine they do that in the comics all the time i hope that they keep like maybe like uh, will smith's dead shot at least you know keep him there but i think it's fine if harley's not there you know she got broken out from the joker at the end of the first suicide squad and so it, it makes sense, you know, you know, this will be a little bit of time later, you know, he broke her out, they were doing some stuff, and then she realizes she needed to leave him, and, and that, that's what this is, is about, about her getting away from him, and, and, be, and kind of going off on her own and doing her own thing, and from what I've heard, this is going to be the start of a, uh, like a Harley... Tr- birds trilogy kind of thing where it's it's birds of prey and then apparently from what i've heard you know this is not confirmed uh birds of prey will be first and then gotham city sirens which is still being it's still being worked on it's just nothing's been official will be the second one and then a a birds versus sirens uh movie you know obviously i doubt it would be called that it might be but i doubt it would be called that um which is funny because if it's birds versus sirens, it's, B- it's another BVS, which is really funny to me. Uh, and I kind of hope they actually do call it birds v birds v sirens colon something. I don't know, dawn of something. I think it would be actually really funny and a nice play on, and, and then kind of like almost like poking fun at uh, at Justice League and at their at uh, BVS and at themselves. Um, I think that could be really fun. But yeah, I'm excited to see where DC's going with, you know, they're not following the Marvel blueprint, which I'm totally okay with. Um, If they had started their universe doing that, that would have been fine. And honestly, they may have been more successful if they, you know, they did Man of Steel and then, you know, if they had done a new Batman movie and then pumped out like a Wonder Woman movie and then maybe like a Flash movie, and then did Justice League, and maybe introduced Aquaman into that into Justice League there, then you know done Aquaman and some of these others, and done the Marvel formula. If they had done it that way, maybe they would be on a more successful track right now. But that's not what happened. Um, they went a different route. And then Warner Brothers screwed the pooch by getting too involved and uh, sidestepping Zack Snyder in his his plan. If they just let him do his plan, I think it would have been better. But, you know, they didn't, so there it is. Um, so now they have to kind of do something different. It, would, it wouldn't make sense for them to just scrap everything and start over um, because they've got some proven properties. They've got Wonder Woman. And now they've got Aquaman as a proven property. And Harley Quinn has been very popular uh, amongst fans. So I really think that this is probably the, the best way to do things. Do kind of a Suicide Squad um, universe. And then do, you know, kind of taper off the DCEU. Um, I know they're still talking about a Flash movie. 
So if they, if they get Ezra Miller in there with their Flash movie and maybe do like a Teen Titans thing with Cyborg that they've talked about, you know, if they just kind of like do that and then maybe kind of and just and just make these movies and maybe down the road, you know, have a new Superman and a new Batman or, or even possibly incorporate this younger Batman. Who knows? By then, fans may just just give into it and accept it for what it is. Um, and then do some of these side things, you know, like, like the Joker and, and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And you've got, you know, you've got Shazam that you can bring in to, you know, like a new justice league. You know, I, I really think they, that they do have some good options for what, uh, what they're going to do, what they can do. And I hope that they're able to, uh, to pull it off. Um, and speaking of Aquaman, like I said before, uh, some new the news came out that Aquaman officially became the highest grossing DC film of all time, beating The Dark Knight Rises, uh, which I think was at like 1.08 billion. And I know um, the last time I looked, Aquaman was up over 1.1 uh, billion, and I'm sure we'll rake in a decent chunk more this weekend as well so congratulations to uh james wan and, and jason momoa and amber Heard and all them uh and, and everybody who worked on aquaman that's that's in that's crazy i never thought that i'll be honest i never thought any of these dceu films you know after what we saw with um bvs and justice League, i didn't think any of them were going to get that high at least not for a while um but something really just clicked with audiences uh, for Aquaman and it, and it just soared. I I I loved it personally. So uh, I know some people didn't, but it's the I think the second highest um, rated on Rotten Tomatoes of the DCEU, with Wonder Woman obviously being the the, the highest rated one. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see. I hope that this success that this excitement filters into Shazam because um, it's going to have a, you know that, that humor and everything. So it's going to have a I feel like a similar tone um, humor wise. So I'm hoping that this boost of this 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 like groundswell of people who are enjoying the DC films again go into Shazam and and really help boost it. And if Shazam's really good, well then we are off to the races, and I think things are going to be great. Uh, they also uh, talked about Will Smith posted an image of him and Martin Lawrence in their Bad Boys 3 outfits to announce production start. I know Josh McCuga is super excited for this. I'm pretty excited too. I love uh, Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Those are some great films for, to me. Um, I, 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 I'm a big fan, and I'm super excited that they're finally getting this off the ground. It's. I feel like it's been forever. It's been years. I feel like that they've been talking about doing this. So it's it's nice to see them finally getting this going. And then the last bit of news uh, that I want to mention was uh, Zack Snyder coming back to filmmaking to do a new zombie film called Army of the Dead. It'll be a uh, zombie heist film, which is really interesting because I, usually when you get these you know, apocalyptic zombie films, it's really just about you know the people surviving and trying to kill the zombies. You don't usually see stuff, other stuff taking place. You know, it's like so to me, it makes sense. It's like the, the whole zombie apocalypse thing. That's just that's the world that they live in, and so other things have to take place. So it's really I'm really fascinated by the idea of a heist taking place 
during the zombie apocalypse. So I'll be definitely checking out Army of the Dead when it uh, when it comes out, whenever that is. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Zack Snyder's take. And, and like Roxy said, no matter what, at, at the very least, it's going to look great. So... That about wraps up everything uh, for for this week's episode of After Live. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Please head over to uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and uh, subscribe, rate, and uh, review the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please give me a four or five star rating. It'll really help me out, uh, boost me up in the rankings and everything like that. Maybe eventually I'll be able to get some uh, some ad revenue going on and be able to bring more content to you guys. Um, I, I'm really I really have been enjoying doing this. I, I love Collider Live, so uh, yeah, I'm super I'm super excited to bring you uh, my thoughts and everything on it. So again, thank you so much. Make sure that you're subscribed to uh, Collider's uh, YouTube channel so that you can uh, you know watch Collider Live every every week and starting next week. It's going to be five days, Monday through Friday, so make sure you're uh, checking that out. And uh, follow me on social, on all social medias. Uh, I'm at on Facebook at Merck with a Movie Blog and on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merck. You can follow my personal page uh, on Twitter at J.P. Rayner. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel where I've been uh, doing. I started doing some uh, trailer reviews. Uh, I'll probably start uh, doing some actual film reviews at some point soon. I'm about to put up a new trailer review for uh, Hobbs and Shaw that just dropped today. So keep a lookout for that. And uh, yeah, just uh, if if you have any comments or anything, head over uh, to any of the social media platforms. And uh, send me a comment uh, if you got any questions. I could, I'd be more than happy to, to uh, answer some questions on air. So send me your questions uh, at uh, if, you, if you want. What I would suggest go over to Twitter and just uh, do a hashtag after live. Um, you know, you can at movie blog Merck and use the hashtag after live. Ask me any questions that you'd like, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll answer them on air. So again, this is Josh the Merck Rainer. Uh, owner of Merck with a Movie Blog, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News. Head over to dccomicsnews.com and follow us on all social medias at DC Comics News as well. And uh, thank you again for listening. This has been After Live. <laughs>